Hello, everyone. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Morgan. <laughs> Hello, Ashley. Yay. All right. No back. tunes for you today. No. <laughs> I'm mad. Well, I'm not. I'm not mad. But I'm distressed. Yeah. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. <laughs> Man, every time I think this book can't get Any sadder, sadder. It, just, yes. it just fucking does. Oh, my God. Yes. Why? <laughs> I'm like, oh, she'll pull through. No. Like, chapter 5 through 15. I yeah. Was, I was a moment of silence because I was definitely like, oh, God. Damn. Is... <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, this is. God damn. Okay. Like, I thought the first four chapters started We're, off on a, right. on a bad note. No. But it's just like, you know that, you know that fucking, um, that reel where they're like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing just fine. I lied. I'm dying inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's the book. <laughs> That's the book right there. That right the there. Book. Every time I open it, I'm just like, there's no sunshine for this woman at no. all. Oh. All right. So let's just go ahead and jump into it. Yeah. So we did chapters five through 15. Chapter yeah. 15. We're back in the south of France. You mean chapter five? Chapter, sorry. Chapter five. Yeah, I was just go backwards. Do you see? Okay. <laughs> chapter five. Chapter five. We're back in, in the south of France. It's spring yeah. 1707. Addie is now... 16 she and estelle have formed some type of like relationship or bond estelle is showing her how to properly pray to the old gods and of course while she's with her parents she prays to the new god Addie thoroughly believes that either gods whether they're they're the new god or the old god is hearing her and i think the reason she believes this is because in her dreams or i think that's what they were saying she hears somebody talking to her what is it her dreams or is she actually just hear somebody no um that's not what i that's not what i got from it all because she's in the book she's like i don't know what's going on but i feel like they're not really listening because nobody's responding but, oh, but that's I mean, later something on. might be happening well no in chapter five she says i don't think that they're really listening because nobody's responding but something's happening because i'm still free okay okay yeah okay but like somebody, somebody was talking to her though. She she is saying, she, yeah, she's saying that there was a voice. There was a voice that was oh, telling girl. her. Look, okay, hold on, hold on. The, what voice? What voice? What page no, was this on? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I I believe it's chapter five. She's dreaming of a specific person. She's she's oh, drawn oh, this that's person. The drawing, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's not a god or anything. That's no, just no, no. A but drawing. that's okay. So she's dreaming and drawing of this specific person. But yeah. every t- every time I read through the pages, I always insinuated any words or any uh, sentences that were italicized mm-hmm. as a voice that she was hearing. So what happens is like, she's saying that the gods that she's praying to, the new God and the old gods, she can't really hear anything from them. She's praying to them, but she feels like they're not listening because she's not hearing anything back. But something's happening because she's still free. Like nobody's trying to, they're trying to marry her, but uh, one guy like married her friend Isabel and the other guy died. And she was like, I mean, I don't want to say I'm glad he's dead, but But I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad glad I'm not his wife. So, yeah, (laughs) I'm glad I'm still free to do what I want to do. And then she's realizing at this point that she is in love with the person that she has made up. Like she took these things that she considers to be attractive from 
the different boys around town because she doesn't like any of these boys, but she likes right. like some of their features. So she took right. this boy's eyes and this boy's hair and this boy's jaw right. and put them together into what well, she, she Frankenstein somebody. Yeah. And she put them into what she considers to be the perfect guy. And so she draws him and this person that she made up, she wants him to be like her where he'll tell her stories about the world. And he also wants to travel. Okay. I misinterpreted that. Yeah. So that's the dream that she's having. And she's having dreams about him taking her away from this place. And that's when she realizes like, she can't be with any of these regular towny boys. Like, yeah, she wants somebody unlike anyone, anyone. That she knows. Got you. Yeah. Okay. So that's essentially chapter five. It's just her wishful thinking and her hoping and making up this guy who she's daydreaming will take her away and and like show her the world essentially. Right. And everybody's condemning her for being. For- a dreamer. Correct. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, because I yeah. remember that line. It was she like, my mother thinks I'm being a dreamer. Like, her father mourns her for being a dreamer. Got yeah. it. Okay. That was a very, that I was, that I, like, I was like, okay. I, I like, love okay. that line. I was like, oh. oh, yeah. Okay. So then, beautifully written. Just, oh my God. Everything in this damn book is beautif- beautifully written. It honestly. really is. It really is. And I keep repeating the same thing. It's so beautifully written and unlike anything that I've ever read. Read, right? I yeah. feel so grown up reading this book. Even though it's like a YA novel. <laughs> no, but like, I think I think a lot of the topics are, I mean, it is a YA novel, but I think a lot of the topics are kind of adult-ish yeah. in a sense. So yeah. I think it's, it's almost like a coming of age type of, a little bit maybe, I don't know. No, it definitely, it definitely is because there's a lot of stuff that she has to, has deal, to with. deal with. Yeah. So in chapter six, we're back in New York. It's March 10th, 2014. So I feel like in every New York chapter, it's not an origin story. It's like how she came to be in 2014. But in March 10th, 2014, this is more of a like how she is surviving with what she's living with it's so well no not at all in chapter six she talks about remembering her father and how she compares a saying that her father would say to a saying that michelangelo said the artist her father would say secret in the wood and michelangelo would say the angel in the marble and essentially she compares that to like the essence of a person and if you're dwindled down to just your essence then what do you need to survive and for Addie larue it's art that's what she says. It's books, it's movies, it's music. It's stories. It's, yeah. yeah, those are things that she needs to survive in her long, long life. And that's what she realized. She even says, I've been mad, like crazy mad. And she realized that art and everything that is associated with art is what she needs to survive in her essence. Her essence right. as a soul and a person. And I just sat there, I was like, oh, Addie. <laughs> I was like, Addie. Like, damn, girl. Just I was damn. like, damn. All right. Also, go. Going into like chapter six and into chapter seven, her story about Fred, the old guy. Yeah. Just a little bit of a backstory on Fred because I found this character really interesting. Um, Me too. Or at least the story of the character really interesting. So Fred is supposed to be this elderly man that Addie has constantly running into in the neighborhood roaming around. And Fred's wife has passed away. The books that Fred has taken out onto the sidewalk that he is trying to quote unquote sell right belong to his late wife what Addie says she realized as every day that she walked by fred was that he was grumpy he was he was reading the books he was trying to get through the alphabet he's on m and even though he claims he wants to sell these books 
he's really not. He pushes away customers. If customers do come and buy something, Addie LaRue notices that there's new books in the collection, which obviously wouldn't be there if his wife was the one who had bought all the books and she's since long passed. So to me, what that tells me is Fred has somehow been purchasing new books or something and has been putting them into this library that he's trying to sell. And people are purchasing probably those new books and not his his late wife's books. Because as Addie LaRue describes it, he is selling his grief little by little. And I was like, yo, it's like, what? That little line, I felt so much for Fred. I know. And I was like, that's why I was like, they'll just... I, she calls herself borrowing a book. But I was just like, don't take a shit. Just fucking leave it there. I mean, but okay. So she borrows the book. She borrows. Quote, unquote, borrows, borrows the book. She stole it. She's stealing. She stole it. She's stealing. In her eyes, she's borrowing it because later on in one of the other chapters, she does give it back. Chapter 7 also takes place. New York, March 10th, 2014. In Chapter 7, besides Fred, we come to realize that the ring that Addie had thrown out in like chapter three or chapter two or something, right? That she had left on the floor yes. of the dressing room. It is found at the bottom of her purse. At this point in and time, we realize... Baz. We realize... I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I was like, I know I didn't misread that. Right. I was like, she left that thing at the bottom. She left that on the floor of a dressing room. There's no way it should be at the bottom of her purse. This is when we realize that her ring and her curse are connected in some mm-hmm. way. It's elaborated later, but... But right then and there, that's when you realize, oh, shit, the ring and the curse are connected in some type of way. And the ring is a symbol of her curse. Like the ring is there for a reason. So it's like no matter how many times she tries to chuck it away, wherever she leaves it, that shit is going to come right back. It's like, oh, you forgot something, sis. Right. Oh, you thought you was going to get rid of me? No. (laughs) No, no, no. Not at all. And chapter seven was really short. Like that was it. And also from there... We move on to chapter eight and we're jumped back in time. We're back in the south of France and it is now July 29th, 1714. This is when stuff starts to get really, really good. And I was like, oh, we are going to get what probably went down. So Mm. in chapter eight, Addie is now 23. She is past the age of marrying someone, right? For those standards of that time. Yeah, she's considered to be past her prime. Correct. She's not married. She has no children. And it's very apparent that her mother wants to marry her off. Her dad is kind of like what your mom says goes almost, right? So this guy shows up with a wife and two two kids. Yeah, two kids. Two kids. Yeah. Roger and Paula show up to the town. They're married. Um, Paula is heavily pregnant. Paula dies in childbirth. So this leaves Roger with three children on his own. He's a widower. At this point in time, you could tell as you're reading that they want to marry Addie off to this man. They are like, listen, you're 23, you're considered an adult, you're past your prime, this man already has a pre-established family, all you gotta do is jump in and be mom. All you gotta do is jump in and be be wife. And she's like, oh, thank you, but no No. thank you. And they're (laughs) like, oh. oh." (laughs) Who told you you had a choice? We weren't asking. We weren't asking, boo. Right. This is what you're going to to do. do. Correct. She's like, but I I thought my my word meant something. No, no, no. (laughs) Not at all. So in Addie's rage and her being so upset that like nobody's listening to her. The gods aren't listening to her. Her parents aren't listening to her. She doesn't want to be married to Roger. Roger is old. She's young. She's kind of like, no. She and runs, also marriage isn't what she... She wants. What it's she not what wants. she wants. 
she doesn't want that. She's exactly. never wanted to play mom or, you know, be settled in that town. Right. She's always wanted she wants to be to a travel. free bird. Right. Yeah. And um, so she finally feels like the walls are closing in on her. Like they've been closing in, but at least she felt like she made it past her prime. Yeah. She was going to be able to live out the rest of her days yeah. as, you know, a tree growing. Oh, yeah. But yeah. yeah. She makes like, that comparison. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, no, the walls have finally collapsed mm-hmm. and she's going to die. And the walls are called in Roger. This cage. Correct. Yeah. So what ends up happening is Addie in her rage and, and her being so upset about it, she runs into the woods to pray to the gods. Wait, wait, you're forgetting the most important part. You're forgetting the most, most, most important part, girl. What? what? Estelle covers for her. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Let's backtrack. Addie is on her way to being married. Like, yes. this, like this is the procession, right? Her parents have her on each side or whatever. Estelle is Make there. Make sure she doesn't run yeah, off. Yeah, they know that yeah. she's a runner. They know she's a runner, and, and they're kind of like, all right, if we're both here. You she's can't a runner. go she's anywhere. She's a track star. <laughs> Um, so what ends up happening is Addie is trying to think she's like okay how do I get out of this how do I make it out of this without being married and she comes to the conclusion I have to pray to the gods one last time so Mm -hmm. what she does is she tells her mother I have a gift for my husband I forgot it at the house I need to go back and get it her mother's like oh my god my daughter has seen the light her dad is like Mm, nah, mm. something's not right. <laughs> yeah, her dad's super suspicious. He's like, mm, uh, that doesn't sound right to me. That's not the Addie I know. And then Addie turns around to go get the gift, and her dad is is very adamant. He's like, okay, well, I'll go with you. And Estelle is like, Jean, she can't be an adult and your child at the same time. You have to give her leeway. That stops her dad in his tracks. So he lets her go back into the house. This is where she's a runner, she's a track star comes into play because this <laughs> chick runs into the house and darts right out the back. The ring. Yeah. Right she right out the back. The she grabs ring the ring and, and right out the back door. She goes. And they're like, Adeline, Adeline. She's yeah, like, they're like <laughs> calling. <laughs> they're calling for her. And this chick has already made it like way past into the woods. She took the ring as a trinket because she's been stuffing the ground with all of her precious things the pen the mm-hmm. parchment everything and th- her dad's ring the one that he made her is her most precious thing and that's what she takes with her so she's stuffing that bitch into the ground she's like i need somebody anybody so right. please answer me the only issue is addie was so preoccupied with trying to get any god to answer her she'd never noticed that the sun was down and it is now dark yes so it's not that she meant to pray to the gods no. that answered after dark the sun was going down right and she didn't make it in time correct so as she was praying the sun had already went down and who answered the gods who answer after dark so that bitch was screwed and i was oh like my god oh, yes no when Addie. i finished chapter eight i was like ah oh, crap the moment the moment they said i think the last line was something like Addie did not realize the sun had gone down it was yes. something like that and the moment yeah. i read that and i was like oh crap <laughs> like crap. Yeah. so it's not like she intentionally meant to provoke no. the gods after dark like she was just trying to do she just wanted to get out of her marriage last minute yeah that was it she just she wanted was trying to, get out to pray this- to the last little bit of sunlight yep and she didn't know that's why she was trying to get away from them the whole day she was trying to plot out mm-hmm. how she was going to get away from them and that's why estelle tried to help her yeah because she knew that she only had a little bit of sunlight left left 
but it didn't matter. Yep. She was just, oh, damn. I was like, damn, nothing ever lines up for this girl, man. <laughs> so chapter nine, we're still in the south of France. It's still July 29th, 1714. And at this point, Addie has realized that she has made the worst mistake. She realizes it is dark. Somebody is talking to her. In oh, the yeah, darkness. somebody has answered. Yeah, somebody's talking to her in the darkness. And he says it. He's like, I can't exactly remember the line, but he's like, I don't know if he says, I'm not a god. I'm not a devil. I'm, or he says, am I a god? Am I a devil? Like, he's... He's toying with her. Yes. Right? He's oh, just like... And the thing is, is like, she's like, crap. Like, she's trying to backtrack, I think. She realizes she makes a mistake. But then... She's sister and she's like, well, shit, nobody else. Answered. I don't really have a choice. Yeah. yeah like really nobody else answered. So I'm going to take whatever this is and I'm going to try to use it to my advantage. She really doesn't know who she's dealing with. So at first it's smoke that's talking to her. Right. It's described as mm-hmm. like this inky, smoky looking thing that's just circling Darkly. around her. <laughs> if only. Um, it's described as like the smoky thing that's circling around her that's talking to her that's toying with her and then he keeps pressing buttons finally he takes a form and the form he takes yes is (laughs) the the face that she frankenstein it's the the person she's been drawing so he takes on he however he does this i don't know if he like jumped into her head or whatever it was her heart her soul but he takes this form i think that i'm gonna go ahead and assume that he has been watching Mm. her draw this form and so he already knows exactly what her heart wants yeah so he's been watching her draw this person over and over and over again so he already knows that she will bend to his will right because of how he looks because this is who she dreams about this is supposed to be her dream man so yeah who wouldn't say yes this is your dream person right because as soon as he changes into that form Bitch is dumbfounded. She, yes. Dumbfounded. She's yes. like, I, oh, I, huh? oh, you could grab my wish? You said what? Say no more. You, Say no anything more. Anything you want. Yeah. Anything, I mean, you would do what I want, right? Yeah. Uh, what you want. I, I'll then, give you anything. anything. At the same time, <laughs> right. though, at the same time, she is also trying to give him, like, as Estelle taught her, a trinket. She's trying mm-hmm. to be like, all right, well, here, this is my most precious thing. Here's the ring. And he tells her, no. Oh. He's, He's like, like, oh, baby girl, I don't do trinkets. I play for souls. And she was like, oh, my God. He tells her, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. You figure it out on your own. You figure out how to get out of this situation on your own. I'm good. And then she turns around and she's like, you can't say no. That was after. But that was after she explained what she wanted. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, oh, you want a contract with no end? No. Nah. I don't do that. You right. don't even know what you want. You're offering me. You're telling me you want something, but you're not offering me anything in return. No request decline. Yes, because she was she was asking for an indefinite amount of time, and exactly. he was like, and he's like, but no. if you're if you want an indefinite amount of time, and I'm asking for your soul, and I'm not getting your soul, then what's in it for me, girl? Like, no. But he made a point though, because he's also like, I'm not a genie. Exactly. I'm not I'm not here for your whim and he, your wish fulfillment. Exactly. exactly. Right. You don't got a friend like me. <laughs> you yeah. Aladdin girl. <laughs> but like what ended up happening was she asked, she cursed herself. Yeah. I mean, look, she asked for more time 
And he ultimately said, like, you can't have an indefinite amount of time. She tells him, you can have my soul after I'm done with it. And I'm like, oh, Eddie, that's, that's not how you do this. <laughs> I was like, exactly. no. He was like, oh. That works. Okay. What can I do to make you be done with it faster? Yes. Oh. Yes. No, this man was not playing games. So chapter nine, it's how she got cursed. It's what we've been asking for. How did she end up in the situation she's in? But a large part of that was her own fault. Doing. She was like, I don't want to belong to anybody. And I was like, Yo, okay. And that's, at first, I didn't realize that. See, this is what but I'm saying. Okay, we'll, so. We'll talk about it when we move on to chapter yeah, 10. But I didn't realize right. that at first. Side note, though. When he's like done and then he takes her into an embrace, I was like, ooh, this is kind of yes! sexy. <laughs> I was so excited for this. When, when that happened, I was like, oh. But then, but then he bit her lip and I was, I was like, like, sir, oh. why are you so rough? I was like, oh, okay. I was, I was like, like, sir. Please have more of this down. man later on in chapters, please. I was like, please have more of this person later on in chapters. God, God damn it, please. Without the biting of the the bloody lips sir calm down <laughs> please but okay so we're moving on to chapter 10 again still still in the south of france still july 29 17 14 it's the same fucking day it's the same damn day yeah it's so, just a continuation yeah it's a continuation of same day been happening right it isn't until you read chapter 10 that you realize Addie's wording of her wish is what screwed her over yep. her saying i don't want to belong to anyone fucked her up because at this point in chapter 10, she wakes up. She's heading towards her house where her parents live. And when she gets there, neither one of her parents recognize her. They think that she is a woman possessed. They think that she's a demon. They think that she is somebody who has gone crazy. They right. claim that they had never had any children. And that's when I realized, I'm sure Morgan, the same thing. Like, oh shit, it was her wording. It was how she worded her wish that fucked her over. The moment she said, I don't want to belong to anyone. Okay, you don't belong to anyone. There's not one person in this world that you are going to belong to. There's not one person who will be able to remember you because you don't belong to anyone i was so dumbfounded i was like i was like no 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 she didn't mean it like that i was like she just she just met roger she just met roger can we backtrack why you gotta be so literal you said you wasn't a genie i was like can we backtrack please but that makes so much sense now that's also why she can't say her name her parents gave her that name she no longer belongs to them you have no name yes yes yo this book is deep it's really like you have no past it's deep so you cannot talk about your past because you have no no past because that belonged to the child of your parents Parents. and you no longer you are no longer your child right oh and was like oh damn everything you were is gone so after she tries her parents obviously the next person she tries is estelle oh she gets to estelle and estelle immediately does not recognize her estelle's like are you a spirit or a stranger at this point, Addie is fed up. She is screaming. She is upset. She wants somebody, anybody to recognize her. Estelle is not that person. Yeah, because Estelle, we knew before Estelle's like, ah, yeah. be gone. <laughs> yeah, Estelle's not that person. Um, So it's really funny because I think at this point is when Addie realizes you can approach things two different ways. Yeah. So initially she approaches Estelle in an angry state. And Estelle is immediately like, be gone and type of thing. You know, she, she don't want nothing to do with her. Then Addie realizes, because Estelle closes the door. And this is when that whole, okay, I don't remember you. Like, I don't remember you, so you're new to me type of 
uh, situation gets brought up. So Estelle mm-hmm. closed the door. And she asked the same question. Yeah, Estelle closed the door, immediately forgets Addie, and then opens the door again and asks the same question. Are you a spirit or a stranger? This time, Addie says, stranger, trying to see what the outcome would be. It's slightly more friendly, but Estelle's like, wait here, let me go get something. And in that moment, Estelle leaves, completely forgets Addie again. So... It's like, oh, okay. I think at this point is when Addie LaRue starts to realize it's how you approach people that'll get you certain outcomes. In chapter 10, this is where it begins. Nobody remembers Addie LaRue. And this was 1714. Chapter 11, we jump in again, March 10th, 2014. Same day. New York City. This one is it was this chapter was like it's I feel like it was interesting but you know not super super interesting yeah but it was just kind of sad to see that she spends her days just trying to figure out different shit to do try to make it seem like she has something to do but it's really not like it just seems like she kind of has a routine but not really but you're right so but she doesn't yeah she doesn't really have anybody to talk to she doesn't have friends no how could she She everybody forgets her exactly she can't engage she can't make regular conversation so she's just by herself and then she almost goes to see Toby again play at the alleyway yeah and she's really really considering it like she's outside She's trying to decide if she's going to go in and she plays the whole situation like in her mind about how it would be. She goes in, she goes to a bar, somebody tries to hit on her. And for a moment, it almost felt real. Like she actually went into the bar. She is. And then she sees Toby, he sees her and she's like, for a split second, he recognizes me. And then he does that embarrassed face like where he looks away and she's like, but I realized he doesn't. doesn't. And then somebody taps her on the shoulder and it's like, oh, are you going to go into the bar? She's like, oh, no, no, I'm not tonight. She's like, this is the way that I have lived my life. Like, this is how I go crazy. And I try not to do this often. Just my mind runs forwards and backwards Backwards. thinking about what could have been, what might have been. Mm-hmm. And I try not to like get into that headspace because it's just, it's dangerous. It's not working. And I think anybody can relate to that. We move on to chapter 12. Again, same day, New York. We find out Addie has a dislike of subways. Uh, she actually compares it to being buried alive, which I think is kind of like a fear of hers, right? Yeah. Which I thought was interesting to point out for a character. I'm wondering if that's like foreshadowing for later on. Maybe something does happen to her that caused her to have this fear. This chapter actually kind of explains how Addie has been sleeping, like her sleeping arrangement. Because it to me... Yeah, because I was interested in that. She takes on lovers and stuff. I was wondering, I'm like, okay, well, maybe she does it every night maybe she finds somebody to go home with because they don't recognize her remember her you know the next day that maybe this is how she's been able to survive without owning anything possibly but that's like that's super annoying you have to wake up early and then be like okay gotta go before they don't recognize me yeah but i mean it it seems to be insinuated that that is the case that she's found people that she might have had a relationship with or might have had some type of friendship with who Mm -hmm. obviously don't remember her but because she remember obviously she remembers everything she's still able to get into their apartments their houses yeah and stuff. she's still able like to get if into she their saw houses. where they kept the spare key correct or, or like maybe that. they provided her with the security code or whatever it was that's yeah that's honestly a perfect situation like you met somebody who was an actor and they just happened to be out of town and you have their whole condo well, to that's- yourself that's kind of what happens, I believe, in chapter 12. So in chapter 12, Addie uh, referenced 
I think his name is James. James, yeah. Yeah, Addie referenced this guy named James, and they had a wonderful day together. She believes that if anybody would remember her, then James would probably be one of her best friends or a very close friend. She finds out James isn't home, and so she remembers how to get into his apartment. She does her stuff. She, you know, she takes a bath, she relaxes, opens up a bottle of Marlowe. This is when she mentions Nola again. She mentions New Orleans again. Yes, I was going to. I was going to bring it up. She mentions it again. But the way she mentions it, though, she was with somebody in New Orleans. Yes. She was trying to live a life or she was trying to create a life. And the issue is that the curse prevents her from doing that. So she says in chapter 12 that she has tried to live a life. She has tried to own stuff. She has tried to, like, maybe rent an apartment or own a home or whatever it is in her long life. And every time she does, some type of natural disaster or some type of net. Like some type of accident happens and it's taken away from her. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to emphasize about New Orleans was she said that um, she was trying to make that home. But even still, it wasn't hers. It was, quote unquote, theirs. Correct. So the person that she's referring to, who is it? That's what I want to know. I want to know if it was a guy or maybe a girl. Addie's fluid. She's not just, you know, having relationships with guys. She's having relationship with girls, too. So with women, too. I'm wondering if maybe it was somebody that she really had a connection with and somehow was trying to build a life with. And is it like a 51st date situation? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know, because I remember when she was talking about the coat. In the dressing room, I think she referred to a man. Mm, okay. So what yeah. if it was a trouble? I have to go back. Huh? What if it was a trouble? What if she was in on a trouble? In trouble. In trouble? No, a trouble. A throp a thruple. Thruple. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? A thruple? A thruple. Good lord. <laughs> what if she was in that? What if it was two of them? Then that's what, what if she it was means. a trouble. We will cut that out. <laughs> what if that was what she meant? Like, what if she meant, like, when she said it was theirs? Like, I did not even was. think of that. That didn't even cross my mind when she said theirs. Damn. I don't know. That's interesting. Right? I don't know. Touche. Come chapter 13, we're back in France. It is a day after that all this stuff went down. It's July 30th, 1714. And. I think all I, my one note for this chapter is Isabel. The one person Addie didn't want to become is the one person who is nice to her. Yeah. I love the part about her saying goodbye to her father in his wood shop because that was a really beautiful moment because it was just, it was a lot of pain in these past couple of chapters. So I was glad for her to have something that I wouldn't say it bought her joy, but it was a good moment for her to actually say goodbye and not have the last memory Mm. of him dragging Mm. her out the door. I know. know, He didn't know who she was. I don't know. I think Addie is shaping up to be one of my favorite book characters because she's Mm. so genuine. Yeah. By chapter 14, I think this is where I might have gotten mixed up with certain things. So like chapter 14, I read this chapter as if the darkness was mocking her. In a sense. And then I also wrote in this chapter, this is where her actual adventure begins. She leaves her small town because in reality, there's nothing left for her. In chapter 14, this is where she's like, okay, it's time to to start my adventure. It's time for me to move on and leave and just go see the world because what else is there for her to do? She can't stay. And that's it. that's really where her adventure begins, you know, that'll lead her to New York. Yeah. Um 
Uh, Shorty did have a rough, a oh rough God. way to go, though. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because she said that she could feel the blood pooling in the boots and she knew mm-hmm. she had blisters. But when she pulled them off, her feet were perfectly fine. I wonder if that has something to do with the curse. I'm pretty sure it does. Like, you can ask for immortality, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you... Because she never asked, okay, well, I never want to feel pain or I never want to feel hurt or I never right. want to feel that type of thing. She just asked for immortality. So, like... So, she's like Wolverine. Right. Like, the loophole is... <laughs> okay, you can have the immortality. Yeah, but you're going to still feel this type of pain. It's still going to hurt. Oh, also... Um, I forgot to mention from the last chapter, too, where she took one of her uh, dad's little figurines. Oh, yeah. The birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was also mentioned in the first chapter at the museum. Yes. So she basically took that and I guess it was still in her pocket. So this is where she learns that, OK, I'm able to take keep, things. Or yeah. Deal things or keep them. Yeah. And they're kind of still with me. Like, I mean... That was kind of, it kind of threw me for a loop because I'm like, okay, well, why can't she do the same thing with like clothes and dresses and stuff when she tries to make a home for herself? I guess. I think it's different. I think the concept. Oh, the concept is different. Because okay. if she's yeah. taking something, I think it's, it all depends on like how you're viewing it. If you have a home and you have like a rental or, you know, you have, you're trying to make a place for yourself. It's for other people to see. Ah, okay. And that's just for her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That makes sense. That's where you felt like um, the God was mocking her because she could see his outline in the stars like he was watching her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, my thing is, do you think that he was like, like smiling down on her like, yeah, I got you? Or he was just kind of watching over her? I think he finds her entertaining. I think he's looking at her as, okay, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? I gave you this gift. What are you going to do with it? Because ultimately, his end goal is to get her soul. So I'm sure he wants to see, how do you play this out? How do do I get the soul? How long is it going to take for you to be like, you know what, I'm done with it. Take it back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, so far, she's been playing the long game. This bitch has been alive since 1714. It's 2014. (laughs) So... I'm wondering, you know what I mean? Like, at this point in time, I actually kind of want the darkness to show up in 2014 because I want to see what the dynamic is between her and him. Between the two of them. At this point. Yeah, Yeah, because we saw what the dynamic was in the beginning. So we saw what what it initially started off as. And now, this is decades, hundreds of years later. What is it like now? I want him to take her out to dinner and be like, hey, I'll have this. She'll have this. Ready for me to collect your soul yet? Cool. We could talk about it over dessert. <laughs> I kind of want, to be honest, I kind of want like a Hades type of sarcasm. Kind of like a comic <laughs> relief. Because all of this sadness yeah. is a lot. I'm just like, dude, I need, I need somebody to come in and be like, hey. Like, you know what I mean? So then in chapter 15, we're back in New York. It's March 11th. So it's now the next day on 2014. All I wrote here was she's very comfortable in James's home. She thinks of James as a friend. She explains how they, I believe she explains further of their day in chapter 15. Just so that you can get a sense of who James is and why she's so comfortable with him and why he seems to be somebody that she has no problem going back to his house. But she also mentioned that in his home is where she found the first mark of something that she's left on this earth. I missed that. It was a, it was a line. It was a line in the in chapter fifteen. Hold on. It's called Revenir. Girl, that's back. at the museum. Oh, it's at the museum. Oh my god, sorry. Yes, she went to the museum because she was like, I can't stay in this apartment all day. 
That's it's true, too hollow. There's not really a lot back. of stuff in here. <laughs> so she took her ass to the museum where she sees that sculpture. And it's an artist. And that's, yeah, the artist that made the sculpture. Because she talks about how she lost the sculpture that her dad made that she took. Oh. And then that artist, she never met the artist. But, but he... the artist did a sculpture almost exactly like her dad's or is exactly like, like her dad's. Like her dad's, yeah. And that's the mark that she Has left. left on the world and it perfectly represents like her life but that is chapter 5 through 15 of Addie LaRue again still a sad story (laughs) god damn I don't even know if I can have predictions for this book because I'm just like it's a lot going in and I feel like um do you have like I have for right now I have two okay yeah Because it's just like, I'm trying to catch little things. Number one, her and her shadow man, just from the way that she had been talking, they had a fling. I know they had a fling. Oh, I have no doubt. No doubt. I am predicting. I am predicting that they had a fling for sure. And I am also predicting that that fling happened in New Orleans from the way that she talks about it. That's that what would I'm make predicting. so much sense. Because she keeps talking about New Orleans. She keeps talking about how hectic it got, how she fed everything to the fire, but she kept the coat because it smells like him and it's a, it smells of smoke. And I'm like, okay, yeah. smoke. Okay, He's okay. made of smoke. Got you. Maybe okay. he is also one of her seven loves. I don't oh. know how that would work out. Yeah, I'm predicting that. Okay. I'm gonna okay. predict. I know it's. I know it's pretty big, but I'm just gonna throw it out there. And if I'm wrong, I fall flat on no, my face. No, to be I'm honest. Wrong. No, to be honest though, I not that I was thinking that exact same thing, but I was thinking mm-hmm. there had to have been some type of romantic situation between her and the darkness or the shadow man or whatever we want to call him. Yeah. Because I'm gonna call him Shadow Man. <laughs> <laughs> because for her to be so obsessed with this person like granted i understand this is the guy that quote-unquote cursed you right but for you to sleep with people that look like this person or for you to be attracted to those type of people instead of like being turned off you know what i mean that turns you on there had to have been after 300 years of being cursed there had to have been something there at some point yeah Yes. Yeah. And even after chapter 15, that kind of confirmed it for me because there's a part in there where she's thinking about something and the voice in her head, which is the darkness, says, I remember you, where he's almost like he's flirting with her. I got yo, I read that as if he was flirting with her. And I was like, because it was like because she says almost in a sorry or apologetic voice, he says, I remember you. And I was like, oh, yeah, they did it. They They did it. (laughs) I know they did it. They bumped the uglies. Yo, I did the nasties. I agree with that prediction. I think I'm also on the same page with you in regards to that prediction because yeah, I definitely feel the same. I feel like there's there's certain things there. It seems like whenever she talks about him, it's some type of flirtatious thing. It's not Mm -hmm. all bitterness and it's not all regret. Yeah. Uh, Prediction number two, she mentioned in one of the chapters very briefly that she had been searching for some type of loophole about the curse. Yeah. My prediction is that she already found one. Mm. She just kind of overlooked it. Like she didn't notice. Oh, that and would make I sense. And I believe that she already probably mentioned it to us in the book, 
but we overlooked it as well. Because, okay, yeah, because if we're looking at everything from her point of view, why would we pinpoint that if it's not pushed to our forefront? You know what I mean? Like, doesn't, if Addie, like, just overlooks it, then we are also going to overlook it. Exactly, because they're giving us all of this information about what happened to her. Yeah. And how it happened to her very, very early. They're giving us all these clues. So I'm assuming that the loophole is pretty much already in there. We just overlooked it. So, yeah, I'm going to be reading or rereading or re-going over my notes to try to see if I can find it. All right. So, okay, yeah, I agree with that. I I don't have any predictions right now currently besides, like, agreeing with what you said in regards to, like, the shadow man and stuff like that because when I tell you this book leaves me speechless, like, it leaves me sick. Yeah, it's, it leaves it's, me stuck. it's draining. Like, yeah, I, like, sit there, I'm like, oh, my God, Addie, like, oh, my God, Addie, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, Lord, I'll still try to process what we read. It's a lot. It's, yeah. it's crazy because it's only a little bit, like, that little bit of chapters, but because they're so short, but it's just, it's a lot of content in that little bit of chapter. Yeah. Or it's a lot to process, I'll say, yeah. in that little bit of, of chapter. So I get it, girl. I get it. It leaves you a little bit emotional it's a Wednesday afternoon and I'm about to have me a glass of wine (laughs) scressed I'm scressed (laughs) oh my god so oh damn we didn't go over next chapter so let me open the book so we can so we stopped on 15 yeah 16 oh 15 15 sorry my bad 15 well we 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 read we read 15 so we would read yes we read 15 so let me see oh shit 16 and 17, and then we get to part two. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. And then the chapters start over again from one. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. That's interesting. Hold on, y'all. Hold on, y'all. Okay. So we will read the last two chapters of part one, which is 16 and 17. Mm-hmm. And then we will read the first four chapters of part two. Right. Which is... The darkest part of the night. Oh, oh. damn. He's back. Shadow Man damn. is back. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. Shadow Man is back. Part two. Damn. All right. Well. I just want some Hades-like sarcasm. It Bring sounds it. like shit's going to get even more depressing. Or <laughs> or it'll be more adventurous. We'll have the Shadow Man back. He'll be kind of a little bit of a it comic better. relief. Maybe there'll be some I flirtation. I'm here for Maybe it. Maybe they'll I'm dive into it. New Orleans. Yes, New Orleans. Bring it. Just bring it. We need the NOLA story, yes. Vicky. We need the NOLA story. So hopefully that comes up. Agreed. Yeah. 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 And on that note, we'll see y'all next, next week. week. Yes. Bye. Bye, everyone. everybody. Stay white at heart. <laughs>